Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. God has brought me through every trial and not just given me the endurance and the perseverance and the strength and the power and the patience that was produced in the trial because of the trial, but on the other side of it, looking back on it, I have been able, and God knows my heart as God is my witness when I say this, I have been able to raise up holy hands and say, God, had I not gone through that, I would not have the compassion that I have for others. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Pastor J.D. shares from his heart, I'm completely and totally dependent on him if I have any hope of enduring this life. You see, trials are like the fertilizer that grow endurance, perseverance, power, and strength. Working together, endurance is the strength in the difficulty, and perseverance is the power to press on through it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Colossians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about how do I get this strength and power to endure and persevere and produce patience in my life. Because we've already agreed, you've already agreed, we have witnesses, we actually have camera documentation that you all agree that you want this, right? Okay, just making sure. So presupposing that we want endurance, strength, perseverance, power, patience, how do we get it? Where do we get it? How does it come? How does it grow in my life? You ready for the answer? Wait for it. Here it comes. You get it in the trial. You get endurance, perseverance, strength, power, patience by going through the trial. Oh, how I wish. You know, like they advertise those medications on television with all the side effects. I wish they had a pill that I could get a prescription for, for endurance, for strength, for perseverance, for power. I especially need a prescription for patience. doesn't happen that way. It is only produced in the trial, in the hardship. Listen to how James says it, and I have to confess that when I was a young believer, I had a really hard time with James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Because James says by the Spirit to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You go into the original language of the Greek New Testament to make sure that this is not, you know, translated incorrectly, because maybe it is supposed to say, consider it pure hell, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. Come on, don't look at me like that. Isn't that what 
we do when we're facing a trial? Joy? Not just joy, pure joy. Are you kidding me? I'm in a trial. I'm like, Lord, what what are you doing? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. You'll see. Just wait. You'll see. You'll see what I'm doing. Yeah, but Lord, this is really painful. I know. But you'll see what I'm going to do. James qualifies it and in effect answers the question of why it is that we can consider it pure joy. He says, verse 3, because, this is why, because, and this is a key word, you know, not you hope, you think, you wish, you wonder, (laughs) no, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wait, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Yeah, remember, didn't you pray for perseverance? Yeah, that's right, I did, didn't I? Well, that's what's going to produce the perseverance, is the testing of your faith by way of the many trials that you're going to face. That's how it's produced. God's going to answer your prayer. But He has to bring the trial in order to answer that prayer for perseverance. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. This is another one like James that at first read you look at it and you go, how? (laughs) Because Paul writes and says, we also glory in tribulations. We do? How is that possible to actually consider it pure joy and glory when you face many different types of trials and tribulations in your life? Oh, here's that word again, knowing. This is how you can consider it and why you can consider it pure joy is because you know where God is going to go with the trial that is in your life. You know what God is going to do, what God is going to produce in your life. You prayed, you asked God for it, and now He's going to grant you that. But in order to do that, He has to bring that trial, that tribulation, that hardship. Paul writing says, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And here's the thing, hope does not disappoint. You will never be disappointed. God will never fail you. God will never disappoint you. God will never let you down. Because the hope that comes from the character that's built from the perseverance that comes by way of that trial, This is the end game. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has, who was given to us. And what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? 
love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, patience, self-control. One last verse, and then I want to share something in closing. This is a actually very well-known verse. You've probably heard it paraphrased in different ways, but it kind of goes like this. God's not going to give you more than you can handle. They're quoting, or I should say really paraphrasing, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.13. God is not going to give you more than you can handle. There have been times in my life, again I have to confess, where I've thought to myself and cried out to God and said, God, you think way too much of me because <laughs> you think I can handle this. I, I, I'm, again, you know, hanging on by a thread, and that thread just broke. And by the way, it's when that thread breaks and you're no longer holding on and you're sinking, that's when God rushes in and He grabs you and He has His grip on you and He lifts you up like He did with Peter when Peter started to sink. And he prayed that famous prayer, a three-word prayer, which gives me great hope when it comes to prayer, because God answers three-word prayers. Lord, save me, as he's sinking. I know it's not in the text, but maybe it was something like this. Lord, save me. <laughs> Down he goes, and here the Lord just... Sometimes that thread is going to break, but God will lift you up. So, Paul writing to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 13 in his first epistle. Now, some of your translations are going to render the word temptation. Uh, other translations in the original language of the Greek New Testament, it's the same word for trial. As one said, every trial is a temptation and every temptation is a trial. So that they are synonymous in terms. So for purpose of discussion, I should say, I'm going to use the word trial. No trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God, I love those two words, changes the whole complexion of everything that you're going to read from this point on. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tried beyond what you are able. This is why we say God's not going to give you more than you're able to bear. But listen to what he says next. But with the trial, dare I say in the trial, enduring the trial, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, you're going to get the endurance to persevere and the strength in that trial by going through the trial. That's where the strength comes. 
That's where the endurance comes. That's where the perseverance comes. And by the way, the power, this word power, we know it well. It's in the original language, the word dunamis, where we get our English word for dynamite. That's where the power comes. It's in and through the trials we go through. That's how we're able to bear up under it. He will get us out of it. We will bear up under it. And the only way that we're going to have that which we need to endure it and persevere through it comes by going through it. It's with the trial. It's in the trial. It's during the trial. It's because of the trial. That's where it comes. That's how it comes. Well, let me in closing just share. That there have been times in my life, and you'll forgive the personal reference, but I'll close with this. Where it looked like to me that I was not going to make it through and endure and persevere through the trial I was in. Again, I'm being very transparent, very vulnerable, and I never want to portray myself as this great man of faith, you know. I wish I was. I wish I didn't kick, fight, bite, and scratch so much during the trial. I wish I didn't complain so much during the trial. But there have been many trials over the years, more so recently in my life, just personally, speaking personally from the heart here. But God has brought me through every trial and not just given me the endurance and the perseverance and the strength and the power and the patience that was produced in the trial because of the trial, but on the other side of it, looking back on it, I have been able, and God knows my heart as God is my witness when I say this, I have been able to raise up holy hands and say, God, had I not gone through that, I would not have the compassion that I have for others. You have made me more loving. I did not used to be loving. I want to be more loving. That's how people are going to know that I'm a JD, which is what my initials stand for, a Jesus disciple, a disciple of Jesus by my love one for another. I could have never had that love had I not gone through such difficulty and such hardship. Would have never been as patient with people. I could be always more patient. I need to be more patient. As a father first, as a pastor certainly, but with my children, just being more patient. I could have never been more patient had it not been for that trial. And as I look back on it, it's everything that is the fruit that is 
growing in my life. The fruit of love. The fruit of joy. The fruit of peace. The fruit of gentleness. You know, I maybe this is a, a sermon unto itself and a topic for another time, but just talking about gentleness and kindness. I saw a bumper sticker the other day. This is, this is interesting. You know, God speaks to me through bumper stickers, this <laughs> personalized license plates too. You know it's bad when God has to use a bumper sticker or a personalized license plate to get through to you? I saw a bumper sticker that said, Make America Kind Again. I thought, wow, that's really interesting. You know, just an act of kindness, a kind word. You know, people are hurting. This is why I prayed this morning. I felt impressed on my heart to pray, God, you, you know every need of every heart of everyone that is in this church and watching online as well. And you know, we're, let's be honest, we pastors are the worst, okay? So I'll just, there I said it. Pastors are the worst at putting on the mask, because after all, aren't we supposed to be the holy ones, right? Reverend, oh God, don't ever call me that, I think you know that, right? So we put on the facade, we put on the mask to cover it up, because we don't feel safe making ourselves vulnerable. And when we do that, we're really playing right into the hand of the enemy. That's exactly what the enemy wants. That's exactly what the enemy intends. Because if we can't take the mask off, if we can't be open and honest with others, then how are we ever going to have the deliverance from it? The encouragement that can come. We, we rob ourselves of that which God intends for us, encouraging one another, stirring one another up in good works. That's how a healthy body functions, you know. You know what they you know what cancer is? Cancer is when cells in the body go rogue, if you will, and attack the healthy cells. That's cancer. And I think in a lot of ways the spiritual cancer can spread when it comes to this. Some of the best experiences that I've ever had in my Christian life as a pastor has been when I've been willing to just open up to somebody. I'm not saying you just bare your soul to everybody. You got to be prudent and discerning. But that brother, that sister in Christ, and you know, they, they come up to you and they say, hey, how you doing? Fine, great, praise the Lord. I often wonder what would happen if the next time somebody says, hey, how you doing? 
your answer was honest, and you shared with them, you know, I'm not doing that great, actually. Really having a hard time struggling, going through a real difficult and painful trial. You know, I could use someone like Paul to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. And, oh, so sad. I, let me just, it's so sad to me, you know. We're afraid to ask people to pray for us because we fear that they will gossip about us behind our backs. I mean, think about this. Here's a brother and sister in Christ, and they're going through tremendous difficulty in the marriage. And they open up and ask for prayer. Would you pray for my marriage? Pray for my husband. Pray for me. Unless God does something, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. And then that person that you make yourself vulnerable to goes to somebody else and says, hey, we need to pray for so-and-so. Did you hear? Oh. And what's the result? You just close up. I think about parents with their kids. And how here they are just aching in their hearts. My son, my daughter. Would you please pray for them? And instead of praying for them, everybody hears about them. And then there's this different dynamic now because everybody looks at you and your failure as a parent. And there's judgment that comes. Maybe that's a word for somebody here today. I thank God for the guys in my life that God has brought into my life that I can just be very open with and say, hey man, I'm struggling. Going through a really hard time. I know God is producing a work in me and fruit is growing in my life, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, as painful and as hard as it is. But I just need somebody to come alongside of me and lift up my hands and pray for me. You know, sometimes just an encouraging word or a pat on the back. <laughs> Man, I can go like a good month on something like that, you know. Just a kind word. Just a a gentle spirit, just a, a brotherly love from someone during a hard time. The book of Colossians takes you deeper into the theology and doctrine of Christianity as the Apostle Paul emphasizes the deity of Jesus. As you learn about Jesus as the perfect man who walked the earth, you also need to embrace the fact that he is God. He has the right to be the judge, to tell the world of its sins and failures. Yet Jesus instead went to the cross to die for that sin, your sins. He poured love and grace out to a hurting world, giving all the opportunity at new life through his death. We're so glad you joined Pastor J.D. today to study the book of Colossians. We pray it's been an incredible encounter with Jesus. Today, you may be feeling called to tell someone else about Jesus and how he can change their lives. That can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. 
There are simple ways to share your faith, and you can find an excellent resource on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Pastor J.D. has simplified the gospel into the ABCs of salvation. These are the basics that everyone needs to know. Just click the link on our website and you'll see how easy it can be. Know that we're praying for you too as you answer Jesus' call to share the gospel. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our time here today. We hope you'll tune in again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Ooh, ooh.